0: You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill
1: Carpenter. Um, I want to get into this series, just really kind of introducing it to you this morning, um, and uh, and and kind of tell you what I, what I hope happens as a result of, of this. Encourage you a little bit in it. I want to pray for you today. Uh, I want to I want to I want you to feel like that. Each week, when you leave Life Church, that you've gotten something that carries you through, and that is uh, something you can hold on to, and to to just like strengthen you and and, and guide you through the week. Um, and, and I hope we've been doing that in a sense. But I think that. God is really impressing on our hearts as leadership and, and mine in particular uh, that this area of our work, what we do as a profession or what we feel we've been called to, those kinds of things, are, are, uh, they take a lot of our day, they take a lot of our time and, uh, and that we should be uh, integrating that uh, area of our lives in, into our faith in a powerful way. Um, and I believe that the church needs to be responsible to be a part of that process of encouraging you and equipping you, and I, wanna, I want you to get kind of a little bit of an overview of, of why we feel like that maybe God is tapping that area for us right now as Life Church, but I think also in general there's a lot out there. If you Google on the internet, you're going to see a lot of stuff about work and faith and a theology of works and those kinds of things. Uh, a lot more than maybe you've seen in the past is coming forward, and I think it's it's very timely. It's very good for the church. It's very good for us. So I'm going to ask Nathan if he would come up here at this time, and, and I'd like for him to kind of just talk to you a little bit about that, of how we, how we sort of got to where we are, uh, the church that is, and, uh, and, and, and how we now can uh, come along beside God and sort of work with God in this of what he's doing uh, today. So could you please do that?
2: Well, the Bible tells us to, right? The Bible tells us that whatever we do, whether in word or in deed, to do everything unto the Lord Jesus. And we spend some hours at work. In fact, a lot of them. Uh, Let's do a quick math lesson. May I do a math lesson? Okay. So there are 24 hours in a day. There are seven days in a week. How many hours are there in a week? All right. It's not our strong suit math here. (laughs) 168 Okay Let's say you sleep seven hours a night You guys are getting seven hours, right? Seven hours a night Seven times seven is Okay So you subtract that Um, Now, of course, I know that you guys play an hour or two of Angry Birds every day And that technically doesn't count as conscious existence So we'll count that as sleep and we'll just round it off about a hundred hours. You're about a, you're you're really active for about a hundred hours a day. Hundred hours? Sorry, it feels like that sometimes. Hundred hours a week. How many hours a week do you go to your job and work? Forty, maybe more. You throw in a little overtime. You have to drive there and back. I know some of your commutes are nuts. So let's say fifty hours a week, all in all. So you spend half of your basically active existence at work. Now think for a second how many hours a week you spend in ministry. You spend a couple hours here on Sunday. That counts. You spend, let's say, an average of an hour a week at your life group, okay, because it's every other week, a couple hours, so an hour a week. And then let's say that you are active in the church so you're doing something like the garden or you're on the worship team so there's another couple hours a week. So you you're pretty involved here at Life Church. So you spend 5 hours a week in ministry. Good job. 5 hours a week being a Christian minister. 5 hours versus how many hours did we say for your job? 50. 5 versus 50. Folks, if we think that our ministry only happens during church ministry, church work, then we only have five hours. We're being Christians on Sunday, and we are missing out on 90% plus of the ministry time that God has set aside for us. Five verses 50. This series, as Pastor Bill and I were talking, this series is going to address everything underneath the iceberg. We're going to get to work for the Lord Jesus all week long. Amen?
1: Thank you, Nathan. Um, I, I hope you can see that perspective shift for you a little bit, even as he was talking. Um, this, is, this is a, a big uh, amount of your life that we're talking about, and so we want to very much sort of marry the church to that. Because here's the problem, I think, a lot of times is we say, this is sacred and this is secular, and I don't mix them. I don't mix up my sacred and my secular. They're like water and oil. You know, they don't mix very well together. And what we're going to try to help you to see and understand is that they mix beautifully together. They are actually absolutely wonderful to mix up where you can but that takes wisdom and understanding it takes perseverance it takes courage it takes preparation and equipping there's there's a lot of things that need to happen so that you can enter into that sphere of your life feeling that you are fully equipped to be a Christian and to to be a light and to serve and to glorify God and all of that uh, those many hours of your week, okay? So that's what we're going to go after here is we're going to talk to you. We're going to build you a, a good theological foundation for work. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, when, when, when you hear me talk during this series, I'm from the perspective that you should be working, you should have a job, unless you have some type of Situation that prevents you from working, and there are some in this church that do, uh, but if you don't have that going on, you should be working. You should have a job, and you should be working, and your hands should be busy uh, to do something for, for yourself, and for your family, and for the community, and for the kingdom of God. All right. So we should be people of influence. We should be people who make contributions. We should be people who have something to give to others for the betterment of our society, uh, for the church. We should be able to do more together than any one of us do alone. So these are all things that we're going to, to talk about as well as we get into this series. Uh, but I want to I bring a couple people up and have them talk to you for just a moment to just kind of help you see some of what we're talking about. And I'm, I'm going to ask Susan Booth if she would come up, and I'm going to ask uh, Jack, is Jack here? There you are. Oh, right in the front. You're ready to go. All right, just hang right there, Jack, okay? All right, Susan's going to come up here. Now... Susan, I want you to, well first of all, tell people who you are, uh, she's, she is married to one of our elders, Wendell back there, um, but she has a, a career, she has a job that is paid, she is on a salary, um, and she works that job daily, okay, but uh, she also has a unique I think, sort of privilege, you get to bring your faith in, into your job very freely. So that, but I want her to, to share a testimony that just happened this, this past week. She shared it in a live group with us. Uh, and just to encourage you of what kind of things can happen when you let God into your workplace. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right.
0: First of all, um, I'm Susan Booth. Thank That's you. That's who I am. Okay. So you see me running around out here. And... Um, My job is at Reclaiming Youth International, and it's a nonprofit organization, and basically what we do is we equip adults to work with troubled kids. So it's a big job, and um, uh, never-ending kind of job. Not everybody at Reclaiming Youth International is Christian. In fact, some of the people in the higher administration and people that go out are not Christian, but we are very blessed that in our office in Lenox, Four of us uh, work in that office, and all four of us are Christian. And last year, we started a Bible study on Wednesdays, and each Wednesday about noon, we would get together, bring our food, um, have a really short little lesson, and then we pray for the company. Well, sometimes we get really busy, and stuff just, you know, got in the way, and we weren't able to do it. In fact, we haven't been together uh, since January of this year. By the way, we're operating in the red this year. <laughs> And after Nathan's sermon on Sunday, um, that really moved me to think, you know, we really need to maybe get together and start praying for the company again. And so uh, I came up with this idea that we would all come up with something that needed to be prayed for. And then we, as a group, would promise to pray every single day during the week. And then we could get back together again and see if anything had changed. And so uh, we got together together. And I had a big one, number one, on my list. Uh, there's a group in northern Quebec that's owed us $18,000 since February. Um, we need a miracle here uh, because they're not answering phone calls um, and when they do, they push us off to somebody else. And one even said, well, I'm not going to talk to you about that. You have to talk to my supervisor. And so we're getting to the point where we're at the end of the fiscal year here. And so that's a big one. So that was number one, that the, that the northern Quebec people would come through. Um, and then we listed actually six more. So we ended up with seven things to pray about. Um, then we went back to work. And I think it was about an hour later, I heard a gasp from Wendy in the other room, it was loud enough to hear in my room, and I said, what's going on? And she said, listen to this email. Bonjour, Wendy. We have got your invoice and we have paid the checks. They were in the mail. So $18,000 that God gave us. So we were really excited, but we decided not to stop praying for it until actually it arrives. So that's still on our list. And then we're going to switch it around with something else. And I've already got something in mind. We're missing 420 textbooks somewhere between South Africa and Australia. And they're on a boat somewhere. So anyway, that'll be the next thing. <laughs>
1: oh, Thank you, Susan. So hopefully we're going to inspire you that you can, you can do things with God wherever he has you planted Uh, And you can be instrumental in making change because prayer is such a powerful thing. Uh, But there are other ways as well to integrate faith into your job. Now that's talking about the arena where you go to work and you clock in and you clock out and you have your routine and you have your job description and you have a career path and uh, you may be uh, interviewed for that and, and, and you had to compete in some way. There's maybe a lot of things going on. In in that realm, but there are also things that you do sometimes that are work, all right. But you're not in a career path. You're not doing them for a salary. Uh, you're doing them just for the kingdom of God. And it may be that that job you do from day to day may feel like a menial task sometimes, simply because you're doing that. So you can do other things and you can work in other ways for God. So I want to bring Jack up and I want him to talk to you for just a minute. So if you want to come on up, Jack. Now, Jack will introduce himself to you as as well. Um, Jack has been in life Church for many, many years and, and he does a lot of things and he has jobs and stuff. But he basically, at the end of the day, when he lays his head down, he's a farmer. Alright, he's got a farm, and, uh, and he's a farmer. Uh, he's everything I've ever thought a farmer should be, alright? Um, that's Jack. When, I, when someone says farmer, I think farmer Jack, okay? That's just how I think of Jack. And, uh, and I love this man, but he has a farm north of the city, and uh, 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 some of you will remember a few years ago a couple of three years ago or so, we had, we had this, this gathering of everyone in the church, and we brainstormed, and, and uh, a fellow took us through a process of trying to figure out what, what we would do and our mission and all that kind of stuff. and there were some of you, uh, Melissa Cran was one of them in particular, who said, "Oh, I think we should have a community garden that would just be really wonderful." And I was like, "Shut." Up. Up. I am not doing a community garden. That is the last thing in the world I am going to get involved in. There's one down the street, for crying out loud. Just call the city and find out what they're doing and, and go help them or something. You know, We're not doing a community garden. And I was sitting there like, we are not doing a community garden. We are not going. I'm like, David, they want to do a community garden. I don't want to do it. Co- we're not doing a community garden. You know, and, and he's being cautious, of course, and just listening to me and not really saying much. Um, but but then all of a sudden it's like, oh my goodness, we're going to have to do a community garden. <laughs> and it's like, okay, all right, God, fine. I, I will. I, here's what I'll do, God. I'll talk to Jack. If <laughs> if 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 Jack will agree that we can have a garden on his farm and it can be really big bigger than what we could do in a little plot out here on this dirt beside the building, then you'll, you're in it and, and that's what we'll do. And I honestly didn't think Jack would agree. And so I went to Jack and I said, I didn't. I went to Jack and I said, Jack, can, what do you think? Can we do a garden? Are you willing to to, to, to help do this and, and make it happen? Yep. Yeah. So. Long story short, two years into gardening and giving away vegetables on the corner, and we have had uh, a a challenge to make inroads with some of the families that are right around the church here. And uh, I want Jack to tell you kind of what has happened over the last little bit, and in particular, a dynamic that's going on between uh, a a family uh, that is a neighbor of ours and the garden. All right? okay it's yours jack go
3: well yes yesterday to me was the, the, the best it made the last two years worth everything um, and family comes over and they, they've been getting the vegetables and they're, they're not they don't speak really good english I can't really understand them all the time, but uh, we saved some, uh, grew some special vegetables from bok choy and other special kind of cabbages and gave them to them yesterday. And uh, they were excited to get it, very happy. And uh, they have brought food to us, actually. Fixed things and brought them to us, egg rolls and things, which is kind of nice. They did it yesterday too. But the thing was that a little later... um, The lady's brother came over, and waved at him. He came over and started talking to us, and shared some things with us. A very, very nice, gentle-spoken man. I enjoyed being around him. And he said to us, "When they get," referring to his sister, "when they get vegetables from you, they feel loved." It makes it all worth it. It's so clear. We feel love because you give these vegetables to us. And totally different culture. And they, but they, they, they pick that up. And when I think of the, what the scriptures say, that the kindness of God leads people to repentance. The kindness of God is seen in his love for them. And, yeah, I'll, I'll go pull weeds for a long time. I'll, I'll dig in that dirt for a long time, and I'll haul hoses around for a long time just to show the love of God. If that shows the love of God and that's what happens, I'll keep right on doing it because it's working. We've made, been able to, to enter into a person, a family's life, totally different culture, totally different religious base without hardly saying anything. That wasn't the end of it. My brakes totally went out of my pickup that was there I couldn't you know just there was nothing there so I'm looking around trying to look underneath trying to figure out and the the young man comes back again crawls under my pickup talks to me about it works with me helps me and tries to tries to fix it even a little bit so I can get home. brings over a big bottle of brake fluid tells me to take it home with me because you can pour in a little bit more the brakes will work just a little bit you can safely get the truck home was willing to help and I mean he's laying under my pickup Nobody asked him to. He just came over and did it. He's showing his love for us in a way. He's returning it. I'm just amazed. I mean, that's, it's all worth it. It's all worth it for doing
1: that. Amen. Thank you, Jack. Now, there's a little part of this story that you don't know. And that is that we reached out to a little boy in this family uh, over a year ago, and uh, just some of our young adult ladies just wanted to share Jesus with him, and, uh, and he came in to some of our kids' things, um, and he sort of took the message that he got home to his family, and they forbade him to come back, and they said, you can't, you can't go back over there anymore. And so I would see him every once in a while and he would be looking through the window outside into the building out here in the big room and he would be looking in and I'd, I would look up and, and, and catch him and he'd go... <laughs> and I would wave back at him. But that was all he could do. You know? And uh, now we have a family that feels love. It's a powerful message, isn't it? And this is, this is part of what we do is we work for the kingdom. We work in the vineyard that God has given to us. And and I'm going to tell you something. Jack nailed it. The rewards there oftentimes are far greater than what you may experience in your profession or your calling or whatever that, that you are doing. Uh, because there there are some tremendous changes that are taking place in people's lives that we don't even totally understand uh, or even perceive. Uh, as Life Church, yet we're doing it because God is speaking to us to do that. And uh, and you know what? I'm thrilled that we have a community garden. I think it's one of the best things we've ever done as a church, and it's great. And, uh, and so I commend everyone. How many of you, you you've been out to the garden and, and you've worked? Raise, raise your hand. If you went out to the garden and, and you worked out there, yeah, see a, quite, quite a few here today and there's some who are in, in classrooms that have done that as well. So, what are you saying, Pastor Bill? I'm saying that we need to see that time frame that Nathan is referencing, that big window of time, as a huge opportunity for every one of us, all right? And what I want to do is I want to take you for just a few moments briefly back into the Old Testament. And I want to encourage you this morning uh, that God is with you, all right? When we start to talk about work, there's a lot of things that are going to come up. We're going to bring people up and all through this series, and we're going to let different ones of you share about your careers and uh, what you actually do, and we're going to be praying for you specifically for your jobs and what your 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 needs are. Uh, we want to do that. I want I want you to get to know people better than you've ever known them. And one way is to understand what they do with their lives, what we each do. And so we're we're going to do that kind of stuff in this series. We're gonna we're gonna pray and commission you at the end of the series to go out into your career path and your workplace and all of that, and just. Uh, be be the people that God would have you to be and do the works that God has called you to do. Um, we're going to talk about the, the whole area of not being able to work and, uh, and maybe being limited because of illness or, or disability or those kinds of things. We're going to look at that during this series as well and, and, and where God is in all of that. Uh, place And so I want to encourage those of you who have some of those kind of struggles and challenges in your life that you can look at that. We're going to talk about things like integrity in the workplace. We're going to talk about things like righteousness and purity in the workplace. We're going to help you build a good, solid theological foundation for work that is from Scripture so that you are solid in that. These are all the kinds of things that are going to come uh, in the weeks ahead. So uh, hopefully you will, you will grow as we are doing this and you will feel more empowered than ever uh, to go out and do things for the kingdom of God. Okay, uh, let me just take you to a passage in Genesis chapter 39 And I want to talk about this guy Joseph in the Old Testament for just a few moments here, okay? Genesis chapter 39, beginning with verse 20, all right? If you have your Bible, you can turn along. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to follow along, there are some black ones in the back. You can grab one of those if if you would like, okay? Chapter 39, beginning with verse 20. And Joseph's master took him The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. This is crazy. This, this is not something that is done. You don't go in. I mean, if, if, if one of you went up to the penitentiary and said, hey, I have a new model for you guys up here, all right? And you're going to find one of the prisoners, and you're just going to turn everything over to them, and they're going to take care of everything, and you're not going to worry about anything they do. You're not even going to follow up with them and look after it or check behind them. You're just going to know that because you picked that person, they're the one that's going to take care of everything. It's all going to get done, and it's going to be great because the Lord will be with them. I don't think that there is a supervisor at the penitentiary that is going to listen to you another two minutes. They're going to tell you you're crazy. This this isn't logical. This doesn't happen. But it says here twice in this passage that the Lord was with Joseph. Now, there's a a lot that happens in the life of Joseph that leads to this point where he is in this prison situation. And there is a lot that happens in the life of Joseph beyond this where we see the hand of God in very powerful and amazing ways. And, and, And the Bible is not... A how-to book for career advice. All right, that's not why we go to scriptures. All right, it's it's not it's not the the place to go to find that 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 perfect career path, if you will. It's not a it's not a plan sort of roadmap to. Success in terms of you getting the right job and you uh, doing the right things it doesn 't lay those kinds of things out for you that 's not what the, what the bible really in, in, a, in, in that sense folks, if you understand scripture and you 're in there, career is not really a biblical concept at all it 's just, it's just, it's just not really in there okay there, there, there aren 't any examples, really, of that sort of career path kind of thing going on, okay? Um, in, in instead, there, there, there's, there's stuff about... Uh, advising us how to live and, and how to work with people and, and strategies and, and the wisdom that we need. We talked so much about the wisdom uh, in the Proverbs over the summer. And so we have, we have this, this wisdom, okay? But, but in the Bible, we find these stories here uh, of people who are called to perform some really challenging tasks and oftentimes through the elements of hardship. There's a a lot that's going on that's happening in a person's life and a lot of times it's hard, it's difficult, it's challenging and their examples illustrate faith and the providence of God in our lives and and, and some of them saw, some of these people in scriptures, they saw great worldly success, They they, they gained much, they had wealth, but many of them didn't but their lives are never presented here in the scriptures as examples on, on some kind of career path or resume building process. And that's that's crazy, isn't it? But it's the truth. And 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 even even pastors fall into this. A lot of times you'll you'll hear pastors in in uh, denominational uh, arenas who who they're, they're going to take a church here, but the only reason they're taking this church here is to get to this church here. Because if they can get to this church here and spend at least two years here, they'll be able to get over here. And ultimately that will get them into the denominational uh, administrative area and they can have some kind of leadership role denominationally and have greater influence. So what's happening is it's a stepping stone. It's a ladder kind of climbing sort of thing that's going on. And I'm not saying that that in of itself is necessarily bad. But what I want you to understand is that it, it seems to be far more important than that you have some kind of career strategy is that you see that God is with you and that He is good. And this is a recurring theme for us, this goodness of God, isn't it, in life church. And I want I want you to see that, that wherever you're planted now, it doesn't have to be bad. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't have to be difficult. It, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be a boring or a depressing environment for you. If you understand that you may just be there because God has put you in that place. And there are some things that God would want to do in your life. I think that Joseph was a, a really amazing young Man, a young boy, because he had the ability to envision beyond the now and see into the future, and he was given dreams, of course, by God. But he, he, in these dreams, he saw potential, he saw ability, and he didn't mind articulating that. Now he wasn't very savvy because he was immature and and young, and it got him in trouble. But the amazing thing about this young man is, from that that uh, release of vision and that release of a dream inside of him to see that he was going to do something great for God someday and for the nation of Israel and and his family and all of this to be able to to get excited about some level of authority or influence and all that only to have sibling rivalry enter into the picture and sin to 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 bring him down hey guys he got thrown in a pit by his own brothers and then sold into slavery But he wasn't knocked down. He he didn't say, okay, now everything changes because now I'm a victim. And so now I have to do this thing differently. This young man worked wherever God placed him, wherever God set his feet. He worked and he kept. His, his standard, if you will, his, his moral compass and, and his, his sense of responsibility. He maintained them regardless of the circumstances and the situation that he was in. Some of you are going to have things happen to you just like Joseph did. Some of you are going to be working on the job and, and you're going to have something like sexual harassment hit you. Or you're going to be put in a position to be tempted to sexual impurity on the job in some way. And Joseph is the perfect example of how to handle that. How to run, how to get out of it, if you will. Some of you are going to be thinking that you're working and you're cooperating and and you're helping others and, 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 and you're being a team player and all of that only to get overlooked and someone else gets promoted or, or, or moves up the ladder, so to speak. And here's a man who, who got forgotten, <laughs> but still not a victim. Still not willing to, to cave in to the circumstances that seemingly are surrounding him, but rather to, to stay on track. Joseph's career, if, if we would want to call it that, yeah, it begins in a pit, folks, a pit to die in But then moves to being sold as a slave, if you will. He eventually becomes this this overseer of of a a wealthy Egyptian household, all right? Only to be thrown in prison again because of these accusations of adultery, which were false. And then he, he receives this sort of miraculous pardon from prison and he enters Pharaoh's service. Now he's like 30 years old. And then he rises from there to become the, like the prime minister of Egypt, if you will, the most powerful nation on earth at that time. And he saves the nation from a crushing drought, from, from famine and all these, these, these uh, things that, that come as a result of that. Joseph's story is epic. It, it, it's powerful. It's big. It's, it's about rising from the bottom and going to the top. In, in terms of, of vision and, and management and administration and public service and all these kind of things, man, he was a standout. He was a huge success, if you will. But is this the story of just a career path? Is this the story of just moving along the, the, the timeline? Not really. Because here, here's the thing that you need to understand. He never planned a single career move. <laughs> He never wrote a resume. He never cultivated references. And he never even applied for a job. But the Bible says, the Lord was with him. And I don't want any one of you to ever think, well, my job is less. Or or, my job is insignificant. Or, don't. Don't get into that place. Let's see where God is at with us. And let's begin to look at the possibilities that can happen as a result of coming alongside God in the place that He has put us. Does that mean you need to just stay in the same place and never move or, or never move up or never take advancement? No, no, I'm not saying that. I think quite the opposite. I think you should. Because I think if God is with you, you're going to find success. And I think that success is going to have impact on your life, just as it did on the life of Joseph. So whether he's in a pit, or he's in prison, or he's the right-hand man of Pharaoh himself, God is with him. And in, in every place, he is a standout because of the favor of God, because God gives him success. And so I want you and I to to evaluate our heart and our our motive and our mindset going forward. And let's let's come along with God. Let's let's get on board with God because I don't want you sitting around and hoping for the best. I don't want you relegating yourself to, well, this is just the the day-to-day mudslinging job I've got. This is just the the routine that I have. But, But I believe God trusts you to be at work. I believe God trusts you to work, and I believe He expects you to show up and do the task and and be responsible. I think He expects you to have a good reputation on the job. I think He expects you to be a good witness there. I think He expects you to prove yourself trustworthy. I think He expects to use you in a variety of ways wherever you are so that you can make a difference and have influence and have impact where you can make a contribution of some kind. See, I don't think, I'm not trying to say to you that the reason you need to get a job and you need to work hard and you need to do your best is so you can share Jesus. I don't think that's all that there is to it. And I don't think that's the, the, the big thing here. I think it is that God gives you abilities And he gives you talents and he gives you gifts. And the intent is that you come along beside him and the work he is doing to make this world a better place. And you make contributions out of your giftedness and out of the fact that God is with you and anointing you to do the work for him. And people will be blessed as a result of this. In Genesis, the message to Abraham was, I will bless you. And I will bless your sons. And they will be a blessing. And those who bless you, I will bless. And those who curse you, I will curse. But you will be a blessing to the nations. And I'm going to tell you what, Joseph is the first truly fulfillment of that bigger prophetic word. Because when the drought came, he not only was capable of carrying Egypt through this drought, those seven years of drought, but the seven years even beyond that, and, and make provision for all of Egypt. But when those old siblings came along, he was able to share that wealth and share that fruitfulness of Egypt with not only his own family, but the entire nation of Israel. And that's amazing. But that's not the most amazing aspect of the story, folks. I think the most amazing aspect of the story of Joseph is that not only could he accomplish what God called him to do, but he could do that because he was willing to keep his heart pure. The most amazing thing to me about the story of Joseph is a man who stands in the courtyard and says to his brothers who sold him into slavery out of a pit they had dumped him in because they were jealous of him, he can say, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm here to help you. Oh, you meant it for evil. But God has done this for good. And this man could forgive. And out of that forgiveness, bring renewed hope and life to an entire nation of people. We're going to learn about so many aspects of working and relating to others, not only in the body of Christ, but outside the body of Christ as well. And we'll reference Joseph in a lot of These things, but we're going to look at other people in the Bible too. But here's what I want you to understand wherever you are, God is with you. And there in that place, He will do His work and use you for His glory. If you will come along with Him. So let's learn together how to work, not only the works of the kingdom, but to work in this earth and make a difference Have influence and have impact. Amen? All right. Uh, We're going to have a gospel shared by Matt. Where's Matt? There he is. Come and share the gospel with us, Matt.
4: All right. Yeah, Pastor Bill was talking about um, this idea of. the difference between us and the world and our work is that God is with us. Um, you, we want to be sensitive here at Life Church to, to understand that some of you, maybe you don't know that God is with you. Maybe God, you don't feel like God is with you. Um, so maybe you're saying, What can I do? Well, how can I work um, to get God to come near me? Well, that's the good news. That's the good news we're, we're about here at Life Church is that you did nothing and you have to do nothing for um, God to come near you. He, he did that work himself. Um, through a man named Jesus Christ. Um, you see, the, the way it began was that uh, we began perfect as, as mankind, and we, um, we sinned, and we, we went against God in all that we did, and um, that's all of us, and we, we're all guilty. And God, through his um, infinite power and grace and love for us, for each of you individually, he sent his son Jesus Christ to do the work of Redemption in your life, um, and what He did was He took the sacrifice that you and I, you and I, all deserved, um, and He put it on His Son Jesus, and Jesus died so that we don't have to 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 work for our um, for our salvation. That God offers it freely for us. Um, and those of us here that that have accepted that, that's uh, that's good news because that means that we don't have to work for it, but we get to work because not because we are earning anything, but because um, God is. Giving us an inheritance, and He's freeing us to to, to do His work in this world. Um, so maybe you're here and you don't know this God. Uh, we're going to allow time for that this morning. We're going to allow time for you to to meet with God. I just I feel that um, there's those of us here today who who need today to be the day that that you'll um, step forward and say, God, I I, I accept this. I accept this um, this gift that You've given me. Maybe you're working really hard and you're exhausted. Um, yeah, I just, I just want you to come and, and accept freedom from that work that, um, that he's done it for you. He has received you the way you are and he is um, continuing to redeem you. So I'm invite the prayer team to come up. Um, there's going to be these people that want to talk to you about this. If you have more questions, if you have more, um, anything else you want to talk with them about, please feel free. Um, those of you who are Christians, we just also would invite that you, if, if there's anything in this area of work that you... Um, that you want to to change or that you want more advice or prayer for, please come up and receive prayer this morning. Um, I just believe that God is going to do good things through this series, and uh, today is the beginning of that. So I'm just going to pray, and then you can come up, and then we'll be dismissed.